Welcome to Living Truth Radio, a ministry of Living Truth Christian Fellowship with Pastor Michael Lance. It is our goal to build up believers and reach out with God's truth to all people. Now here's today's message with Pastor Michael. Acts 17, there's a story about a, a guy and he's an atheist and this, this brand new Christian has decided to go out street witnessing. And so all she knows is John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. So this atheist sees this Christian group out there and he what about this? What about that? And he comes and he gets right in her face. What about evolution? What about this? What about the age of the earth? And just barraging her. And she said, I don't know, sir. All I know is the Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes. And so she just kept repeating this verse and finally he was disgusted with her and she was just devastated. And he went off, and the next day, she's out there again. She was brave enough to go back out, and here comes the same atheist guy again. And he walks up there and she goes, oh, no. And he says, look, I want to say something to you. I couldn't sleep last night, and all I kept thinking was God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him. You know, one verse, folks. Rotating in the mind of a person has power. God's word. See, this is what we're talking about. And so Paul, he he goes into these places, and what's he doing? He's reasoning with them, not from philosophy, not from the latest fad or topic that we could pick. He is reasoning with them, would you notice, from the scriptures. You might want to write Isaiah 118. God says, come, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, I will make them white as snow. Now Paul was not only reasoning from the scriptures in a dialogue type form, but he was, verse 3, explaining. Literally that means opening or to open thoroughly, to open by dividing. Jesus in Luke 24, the two on the road to Emmaus, opened their minds to understand the scriptures. That's the idea. He opened it, he explained it to them by dividing it correctly and giving them the exposition, the exposed meaning. And he was giving evidence, verse 3, NIV uh, renders this proving. What was his case? He was proving that the Christ, Jesus, had to suffer and rise again from the dead. And he was saying, this Jesus whom I am proclaiming to you is the Christ. The idea of giving evidence means literally to place beside. He was taking a prophecy, putting out it out before the people and placing beside the prophecy the fulfillment in Christ. He took Psalm 22 and placed it in front of them. You see, it says they'll pierce his hands and his feet. Jesus died on a cross. He took Micah 5.2. See, the Messiah will be born in Bethlehem. Where was Jesus born? In Bethlehem. See, he'll be called a Nazarene. Where, was Je- where did Jesus grow up? Nazareth. See, he'll be betrayed for 30 pieces of silver. What happened in Jesus' case? Betrayed for 30 pieces of silver. Isaiah 53, Psalm 16 about the resurrection. He placed the prophecy next to the fulfillment, and he said, you see... Jesus is the Christ. Now, if you want to know, if you've heard a sermon that's centered in the scriptures, see if Jesus is in the middle of the whole thing. Because the book of Hebrews says, in the volume of the scroll, it is written of me, O Lord, to do thy will. Jesus is all over the scriptures. It's all about him. And if you walk away from a sermon and you didn't hear much about Jesus at all, or very little about Jesus, I'll guarantee you one thing. They probably weren't doing expositional preaching. 
They probably weren't going through the verses. If you walk out of there and you go, what was that about today? And you didn't hear about Jesus, you can be assured that the Bible was not preached. Because every good teacher begins and ends with Jesus because he's the beginning and the end and he's the middle. Amen? That's what it's all about. That's how you can judge it. I heard a story of a young preacher, had an African-American lady, older lady in the congregation, wanting to encourage the, old, the young preacher, and she was older and on in years, and she was going to keep him accountable. And every time she sensed in a sermon that there wasn't enough Jesus, she would say, get him up! Get him up! From the front row. And that was always a sign that he wasn't preaching enough Jesus. See, if you're not hearing about Jesus, there's something wrong, folks. That's what the Bible is about. He's what the Bible is all about. And so, there's Paul's focus. He's giving evidence. He's proclaiming that Jesus is the Christ. He's the Son of the living God. And, of course, telling people, believe, believe, believe. And some, as often happens when you do this, not everybody, but some of them were persuaded. And they joined, this is Acts 17, verse 4. They joined Paul and Silas. You're welcome. Sometimes I go too fast and I know I lose you guys. Some of them were persuaded, Acts 17, 4, joined Paul and Silas along with a great multitude of the God-fearing Greeks. So not only Jews in the synagogue, but Gentiles believed, followed, and a number of the leading women, appears to be prominent women in the society, maybe in the upper class also, were persuaded and believed. And just another point. You know, there's a lot of people who are Christians today who are pro-athletes and movie stars. Uh, You might be surprised how many people in these prominent spots are actually believers. Now, it's pretty impressive if someone can hit a golf ball 350 yards and hit it straight. I'd like to know the secret to that. But, But here's the point. I think there's a recognition by people everywhere, prominent in a third world culture with nothing to their name or a prominent leading woman or man in a culture, we need Christ. That's what the Bible tells us. This world's in trouble. It's not the way it's supposed to be. And the Bible tells us how God has uh, come into the world to save us and how he's going to fix it. And the question is, are you on board or not? You can do it your way or his way. But I'll tell you this, his way is going to be done. I always like to be on the winning team, personally. So I want to get on his program. But the Jews, becoming jealous, or they were were envious, and taking along some wicked men, so not everybody liked the message, and that's going to happen, says they took along some wicked men. If you have a King James, this is one of the classic renderings, took along certain lewd fellows of a baser sort. That's King James English. NIV calls them a group of bad characters. From the marketplace, they formed a mob. This was the Jewish plan to oppose the gospel from those who wouldn't believe. Set the city in an uproar. And coming upon the house of Jason, they were seeking to bring them out to the people. So they banged on the door or whatever, called for Paul and Silas. We know you, you've, you've let them stay here. You've shown your hospitality. Bring them out. Uh, We got business to do with these fellows. And when they did not find them, verse 6, 
They began dragging Jason, who was probably a Jewish guy who opened his home to Paul, probably became a believer. Can you imagine being Jason? Okay, Paul and Silas, you can stay here. Hospitality is big in our culture. Now they come banging on your door. This is not what I signed up for, man. And they're dragging Jason off and some of the brethren before the city authorities, and they were shouting. And they said, these men who have upset the world, New King James, turned the world upside down, have come here also. They are causing trouble everywhere, and now they're here. And these men have turned the world upside down. And I say, praise the Lord. The world's already upside down. It needs to be turned right side up again. That's what the gospel does, by the way. But not everybody's happy if you upset the apple cart. And that's what these Jewish uh, opposers were doing. They were saying, no. These guys are stirring up trouble and Jason's welcomed them seven and they all act contrary to the decrees of who? Caesar. They're saying that there's another king and his name is Jesus. Now of all the things that the Romans would put up with, the one thing they would not put up with is if you started talking about another king besides the emperor. The emperor was known as the king of the world. The sa- they even called him, get this, the savior of the world. And when you came and said there's another king, in John 19 verse 12, that's probably what finally caused Pilate to kill Jesus. The Jews said to him, if you allow this to happen, you are no friend of Caesar. And Jesus was crucified because of that. And they said, this is Jesus, the king of the Jews. And so one writer says, the very suggestion of treason against emperors often proved fatal for the accused. So the accusation is not some light thing. They're proclaiming that there's another king that's going to replace the emperor. And they stirred up the crowd, verse 8, and the city authorities who heard these things, and when they had received a pledge from Jason, something like a bond or some money to guarantee he wouldn't keep them in his home anymore and that he would tell them to get out of town, they received the pledge from Jason and the others. They released them. And the brethren, the church, immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night. This is a good time to get out of town when people are saying you're trying to replace the emperor and so the, the church wisely said, guys, I don't think it's God's will that you stay here anymore. Go ahead and get out of town. We're going to get you out of here. And so they left by night. They went to Berea, about 50 miles away. When they had arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. Now, I have a question. If you had just been through that, and this is the pattern in your life, would you take a mini vacation at this point? They went where? Right back into the next town's synagogue. Now these, the Jews in the synagogue, verse 11, and this is our kind of our main verse for the title. They were more noble-minded or were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica. For they received the word with great eagerness, examining the scriptures how often? Not just every Sabbath day when Paul would come back, They searched the scriptures daily to see whether these things were so. This is the title, Be a Berean. 
In 1 Thessalonians 5.21, Paul writes back to the Thessalonians and says, examine everything carefully and hold fast to that which is good or that which is true. And so these people, if you, do you want to be noble? I, I ask that question sincerely. You want to be a noble believer? Two main points. One, come hungry. Come eager. Come with your Bible, multicolors of highlighters and a pen. And if you use the gizmo and gadgets, which I think are ungodly. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Just want to see if you're awake there. I know you got some of the newfangled technology. No problem. Sort of. Anyway, but come hungry. Come into the door and say, I don't want cotton candy. Give me T-bone, pastor. Amen? That's how you should come. But that doesn't mean you just receive everything without checking it. Because they even checked the Apostle Paul to see whether these things were so. You want to be a Berean? Be hungry, but also be wise or discerning. Wise or discerning. Did I tell you about the television preacher I started yelling at? Did I tell you guys this one? I was, I was watching television, and there's two things that make me yell at my TV. When my team is losing... And when preachers are preaching heresy, I yell at the television. Usually everybody leaves the room, including my dog. Just So anyway, so he had, he had his people all revved up, and of course he was preaching that everybody should be rich. Everybody, especially him, but everybody should be rich. And so he was in 1 Timothy 6. And a few verses later, if they would have just read down a couple more verses... The Bible actually taught the exact opposite of what he was teaching. And so there I am by the television. Just read a few more verses. Read it. Don't be saying amen to that. That's heresy. That's false. That's a lie. But there he was preaching it. And I thought, you know what? Here's all these people and they're buying this stuff. And the one who's getting rich is the preacher making false statements from a passage that actually taught that to get rich is the root of all sorts of evil. And from that very section, he was telling everybody that there's a promise of wealth and health for everybody all time. And I thought, you know what? Well, yeah, and here's, here's the issue. The issue is we got to be discerning. We got to be willing to check out what somebody says and not just receive it with whole cloth. Revelation 2 2, Jesus says to the church at Ephesus, I know your deeds and your toil, your perseverance. I know that you cannot endure or tolerate evil men. You put to the test those who call themselves apostles and they are not, and you have found them to be false. Get this, folks. Jesus commends. He applauds the intolerance of the church at Ephesus. He says, good for you. You put these guys to the test and you found them to be false. Jesus Christ attacked the new God of America. Tolerance. It's the new religion. You just got to tolerate. You just got to... But it's not just tolerance, folks. You have to celebrate what you disagree with 
and what you know the Bible says is not the way to go, you got to applaud it today. Or you don't fit in with the mainstream. And Jesus says, you guys have done well. You won't, you won't tolerate evil men who make claims and can't back them up. We need to keep that in mind as we close. We're going to read the f- last uh, few verses and we're done. So what happened in Berea? Well, the result was predictable. Many of them therefore believed, along with a number of prominent uh, Greek women and men. Again, a lot of prominent people coming to faith in Christ. But when the Jews of Thessalonica found out that the word of God had been proclaimed by Paul in Berea also, they came there likewise. They followed them, in other words, agitating and stirring up the crowds. They just could not accept that these guys were bringing people into the kingdom of God through the Christian message. And then immediately the brethren sent Paul out to go as far as the sea, and Silas and Timothy remained there, and we believe this now happened by ship. Now those who conducted Paul brought him as far as Athens, that's Athens, Greece, and receiving a command for Silas and Timothy to come to him as soon as possible, they departed. Now I want you to turn to 1 Thessalonians 2 and we're done. And we're going to end with this message. And we'll look at Paul in Athens, Greece uh, next week and it's a tremendous passage. But for now, we'll close with this. So here's Paul. And he is going into places, preaching the everlasting gospel. 1 Thessalonians 2, let's pick it up at verse 14. I want you to see what's at stake here. You might be asking, why is there so much opposition to the gospel? Please hear this well. There is a spiritual battle. There is a battle for souls. Look at it, 1 Thessalonians 2, 14. For you, brethren became imitators of the churches of God in Christ Jesus that are in Judea. For you also endured the same sufferings at the hands of your own countrymen, even as they did from the Jews, who both killed the Lord Jesus, 15, and the prophets, and drove us out. They are not pleasing to God, but hostile to all men, hindering us from speaking to the Gentiles, that they might be saved, with the result that they always fill up the measure of their sins, but wrath has come upon them to the utmost. I'm going to say a word, and I'm going to say it because I think there may be somebody who will listen to this who needs to hear it. If you oppose the gospel, you're opposing God. And it's not a good place to be in, because here now... He's saying, look, they are stacking up their sins one upon the other. They're inviting God's wrath. But we, brethren, 17, have been bereft of you for a short while, in person, not in spirit. We're all the more eager with great desire to see your face. So Paul, in essence, is saying, I wanted to come back, but I was hindered. For we wanted to come to you, I, Paul, more than once, 18. And yet, would you notice, Satan thwarted us. See, Satan was using these people as a tool to keep the gospel from people. And we'll end with this. For who is our hope and our joy or joy or crown of exaltation or crown of joy? Is it not even you? 
in the presence of our Lord Jesus at his coming. For you are our glory and joy. Now after Paul talks about the spiritual battle, he says these words. You know, sometimes how we've seen in the Bible an image of a crown, and we've imagined that one day we'll have a crown and we'll place it at the Lord's feet as kind of an offering of what we did with our lives. I don't think you're going to have a literal crown, folks. You know what the crown that you will place before your Savior, your reason for rejoicing, your crown of rejoicing in that day, you know what your crown is? It's the people that you have led to Jesus Christ and discipled in the faith. That will be your crown. That is, they are what you will lay at your master's feet. Not some literal crown with jewels. You will lay before your Lord the people you influenced for the kingdom. Amen? So be a Berean and be about God's business. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that it's a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. You know, uh, I think of Psalm 19 and I think the commandments, it says, by them your servant is warned, but by doing them there is great reward. Lord, your, your word really just gets to the point. It divides between joints and marrow, it's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. It seems like whenever we're going through something, your word just hits the nail on the head and challenges us to our core. And we're grateful because that's where we need to change. And Paul, in writing to the Philippian church, said, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is at work in you both to will and to work according to his good purpose. Thank you that, Father, you work right in our wills, and you want to change our will to your will. And I think we start to sense that we're coming along the path when we start saying, even with a gulp, not my will, but yours be done. Father, I I pray over these precious people that have come with their Bibles hungry, to know you better. May you bless them. I pray for the backslidden Christian in the room who's been away from their Bible. It's been collecting dust. They've been away from the things of God and they've decided to come back because they see where that leads. I pray you would just encourage them to get up, scrape off the the dust and get back in the race that's you, you might want to just do some business with the Lord right now. And Father, I just want to lift up those who are non-believers today. They've heard the saving message. Jesus saves us from the wrath to come. Salvation is not just a life choice for now. You save us from wrath. You're a holy God. And instead of judging us, you judged your son who was innocent. And we're so grateful for your saving gospel and the fact that you entered this world to save your creation. And you took the wrath for us, shed your blood, took my shame. So grateful for that message of hope. And I pray 
Lord, for those who don't know you, that you'll help them just turn right now. If it's you, it's something like this. Pray it out loud if it's you. Jesus, I believe. I'm sorry for my sin. I believe that you died on the cross for my sin, that you rose from the dead. Please make me your child. I turn my life over to you. Lord, help those who maybe can't say that out loud right now, but they are saying it in their spirit. I pray that you'd give them the strength that they need to move forward in that walk with you. In Jesus' name I ask. Amen. If you would like to listen to this message, or if you would like more information about the ministry of Living Truth, please visit our website at livingtruthcorona.org. That's livingtruthcorona.org. Check out the scriptures. Not just to be someone who is making sure that everybody's dotting their I's and crossing their T's, but read your Bible so that it can read you. Read your Bible so that it can fill that spiritual place in your life. The Bible is spiritual food. We need God's Word. He breathed it out. We need to take it in. There's only one way to do that. Well, there's a few, but you got to read it or listen to it. or uh, I, don't, I don't know what else you're really going to do besides those couple of things, right? study it but you got to get into the word of god to get the word of god into you have you been being lazy about your bible oh it's easy to get into that mode i know i'm not here to beat you up but i am here to say that if you've been feeling dry maybe you are going through more susceptibility to temptation maybe you are just not as active as you used to be as a christian could it be my brother my sister that you put down your sword and you need to pick it up again. If you need more help with that, reach out to us. We're at livingtruthradio.org. That's livingtruthradio.org. We would appreciate your prayers. Um, let us know you're a listener out there. We'd appreciate just hearing from you. Tell us what station you listen on, um, and just tell us if the program's been a blessing to you. We pray that it has been. livingtruthradio.org. If you'd like to write us, um, you can pick up our address on the website as well and uh, I'll give it to you right now it's 1009 Arsenal Way think of the armor of God as our arsenal 1009 Arsenal Way Corona California 92880 one more time that's Living Truth 1009 Arsenal Way Corona California 92880 so Get in touch with us. Pray for us, please. If you can support us, we'd appreciate it. You can do all of that through livingtruthradio.org. And we will catch you next time on the program. God bless you. Thank you for listening to today's program. Our mission is to get the truth of God's Word out. This is our passion. We want to impact as many people as possible, and we have an opportunity to expand this radio program, and we need you, the listener, to partner with us in prayer and in giving. You can give to our ministry through our website at livingtruthcorona.org. That's livingtruthcorona, 
www.ghostdog.org.